Welcome to the latest episode of The Vegan Pod. And this month, we're exploring the world of comedy and asking whether veganism should be used as a vehicle for jokes. Most often, veganism is associated with stereotypes that seem to be the butt of the joke. But as veganism has become more increasingly popular, we've seen more and more vegan comedians reclaiming vegan jokes and creating engaging, thought-provoking humour around otherwise serious issues of animal agriculture. So how do you walk the line between making people laugh and raising awareness around an important issue? Does vegan humour reinforce negative assumptions about veganism or help to tackle them? And how can we deal with non-vegans who choose to make jokes about vegan lifestyles? To help us answer these questions today, we're delighted to be joined by two vegan comedians. Chris Stokes, a professional comic for over a decade. He's had a series of comedy short films commissioned for BBC Three, one of them on veganism, and has written for shows such as Have I Got News For You and The News Quiz. And Ishi Khan, a Midlands-based British comedian Born in Zambia with Indian ancestry, Ishi is multi-award nominated, drawing on themes of migration, identity and belonging in her work. Both have been comedians for well over a decade, touring the UK comedy circuit and often appearing at vegan festivals. Welcome to you both. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yes, I'm good, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for having me here. I've realised, Ishi, as a vegan, you've got a great title for a show built into your name, which is you, you could call it Carnism. Oh, yes, I like it. Or anti carnism, yeah, yeah, ex- yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, have to mess with that a little bit. <laughs> um, well, it's a delight to have you both here. Um, I always start by asking people about their vegan journey. So, uh, Chris, let's start with you. When, how, and why did you become vegan? It was, uh, it'll be 17 years soon. So, I always say 17. I've start. I've got to the point where I'm rounding up. But um, no, it was uh, it was one of those. Obviously, anybody that makes the choice to go vegan, it's always primarily to do with the animals. But I I I I, I always mention this when everybody asks me because I think it's important. It was a very selfish, non altruistic decision to do it. All to, vegans are welcome here, yeah, even the selfish it ones. Was, <laughs> it was it was to it was to feel better about myself because obviously there's guilt built into the uh, uh, um, you know consuming animals and animal products that by I just thought well if I've got this guilt maybe if I got rid of it if I stopped consuming those products I would feel better and uh, I I sort of always say that because I think it's important to discuss that side of it because it kind of humanizes the it kind of chips away at that perceived superiority of going vegan that some people when they oh you're vegan or you think you're better than me it's like no it's not really that it's that I, I did it purely selfishly to feel good about myself you know it's a really interesting point as well because I think people associate vegan with giving a lot of things up and therefore even though you're doing mm. a great thing and you're making a great choice you're go you are going to suffer a little bit in the process but you're painting it as someone who is suffering with all this guilt and then you unburdened yourself well, so. which is yeah that's true actually thank you for pointing that out. I haven't really thought of it that way before but that is exactly that was exactly it it was it, there was a it was a it was a bad mental health spell uh <laughs> before really that uh certainly men spoke spoke about mental health so i i just sort of like had an inward look at myself and i was like what can i do better and i was like well i do feel guilty about all of this and you know i had tried before actually to uh to go vegetarian about 20 years ago and um 
like forgot that I was trying it. So I broke it. I broke it. I found myself eating a pasty and I was like, oh, idiot. And because of that, that's the sort of thing I was like, oh, I stumbled. What's the point? And then about a few years later, but I didn't, I didn't do the vegetarian bridge. I went straight from eating meat to vegan. It's always um, fascinating hearing how people make some people. It's just tiny little bits chipping away and other people. It's like they wake up one morning and they just that's it. I, I always I always in this uh, podcast struggle with um, our uh, our language around all sorts of colloquial things. So, you know, going cold turkey, which is literally what I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always want to use plant based expressions. So as I've got two creative minds here, if anyone can think of anything, uh, you know, that replaces those, please do. But, yeah, you, you went cold turkey or cold lack of turkey yeah exactly uh, cold tofurkey is what I did oh I love it there you go very nice um and Ishi how about you what was your journey like into veganism yeah so my I I suppose officially veganism I don't have a date so I, I can gauge it around probably 10 to 12 years ago I love what you were saying, actually, Chris, because, yes, there is like um, attachment to, well, we're superior because we love the animals. And that's great to have compassion for animals. But are we not also living beings? So compassion for the self is important, which is what I'm hearing with your journey anyway. Um, Yeah, so my journey was I was vegetarian for a very long time. And it was quite organic anyway. I just, um, I suppose I listened to my body. I listened to what works for my body, what doesn't work for my body. And I would have said that I would have been vegan a lot longer if I hadn't uh, given up honey. Um, I know cheese is usually the thing, isn't it? But it was honey. I didn't even realize that there was a thing called veganism. And I didn't realize that what I was doing had this label called being vegan. So for me, yeah, it was quite an organic process, just going from vegetarianism to going, oh, actually, I'm not so sure I really enjoy the taste. I've never been a fan of milk anyway, so that wasn't a big deal for me. Um, Yeah, people always thought I was weird having wheat picks with hot water and (laughs) stuff like that. I mean, I think that's a little bit weird, I'm going to say. You still don't do that, do you? (laughs) Do you still do that? (laughs) Uh, <laughs> okay. I water, but I don't have Weetabix. Anymore. I love that. Now I just have a bowl of hot water. It's delicious. <laughs> I do actually. I've got it right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love as well that honey was your thing that you were still um, consuming. Like you say, it's normally cheese, isn't it? But have either of you made or tried dandelion honey as a little aside? I don't know if you're big no. honey fans. You have to pick a lot of dandelions and it's a bit of a process. But hey, who... Being in a field of dandelions, picking dandelion heads is, you know, charming. Um, and you can make dandelion honey and it's just like honey. I mean, it's you tell me how. Yeah, you, you pick a load of the heads, the whole the whole heads, and then you bring them. The into yellowy a, heads. The yellowy heads. And then you um, you bring them in and lay newspaper on a table and lay them all out for a bit and let all the creatures crawl out of them because there will be some creatures in them. And then you can go and shake those creatures outside off the newspaper. And then you pluck the actual petals. Now, I know that bit sounding like 
you know, a never ending job. But actually, if you get hold of the head and pluck it and, and put, put it all in saucepan and then you kind of boil it up and then you, not with anything in it. And then you leave, leave it in that water to steep overnight. And then the next day you kind of drain it through a muslin or a sieve or something. And then you take that what you're left with and you boil that up with some sugar or agave or something for like an hour, like you'd make jam. And then you put it in a jar. and It's absolutely delicious. I mean, it takes about 200 dandelion heads to get a couple of jars, but. I um, think I'm going to try that because I, uh, I I make cocktails and okay. a lot of the recipes do call for honey uh, and I, I always just sort of like substitute it for agave anyway yeah. but like this sounds it's got that really polleny taste of honey in it and yeah. um, and also you know dandelions get a bad bad rap right they're weeds everyone hates them you know if you can yeah. go and use the heads for something useful and productive and and dandelion heads are far more beautiful than you imagine when you start looking at them individually anyway i'm sounding like like an ultimate vegan hippie this is the stereotypical vegan (laughs) podcast we've gone down a hole here haven't we look into the eye of the dandelion and feel better (laughs) it is interesting as well it's just like you put three vegans together how quickly does it take for a recipe to come out and it's very (laughs) yeah there you go anyway enough about dandelions i think dandelions are amazing because like um, you can use every single part of the plant. Exactly. So I pick the petals and I eat them just just like that. Oh, there you go. Sweet. It's they've got they're very rich in vitamins A, C, and E. And then the leaves you can use like a spinach, um, stir fry, whatever. Amazing. You could probably make a nice pesto out of the leaves. Oh, I bet you could. Yes, wow, well, I'm going to have to speak to the vegan society about doing a whole episode on dandelions. Clearly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Anyway, why don't you just comedy, why, as if this isn't funny enough yeah <laughs> um <laughs> no this is great i'm loving it i'm loving it um so let's let's come back to the comedy um uh, it sounds like you were both well it sounds chris you were vegan before you were a comedian um uh, no um it was about the same time actually i think i was a comedian for a little bit before did a, did a, a couple of gigs but um uh, yeah, no, I, I it was because I, I uh, I've been a full time comedian for fourteen years, and then obviously before that, uh, working my way up to it. So it was a, roughly the same sort of time, actually. I think it was probably, I think I'd been doing stand up for five six months, and then went vegan. And did you, you know, has have, do you use veganism in your comedy? Has it always been like that? Did it start to appear in it? How did how did comedy and veganism come together uh, well it, when i when i did go vegan it was by no means the thing it is now which is uh sort of I, not i suppose like semi accepted but uh it was it was an unusual thing to, to for some people to even meet a vegan so mm. it took me a while because being a brand new comedian it's like you're trying to work out how to do it first and then what comes after that is working out how to be you. So um, it it was a while before I was like, I'm going to do, I felt, I didn't feel confident enough to write jokes about it. Not mm. because I was embarrassed about being a vegan, but because I, I wasn't confident in my ability to even do it justice. So yeah. I waited for a little bit before I got the feel of standing in front of an audience and being able to do it. And then, and then was like, oh, I'll start. I'll start talking about being, uh, being vegan. 
And and what about you, Ishi? And and I'm interested in if you know if you do make jokes about being vegan, how do you how you kind of tread that line so that you're not you know mocking something really important, but um, but you're also engaging the audience and and bringing a bit well, of awareness. I guess um, I guess being vegan is part of who I am, and a lot of my comedy comes from who I am, and whether that's you know being a migrant or being a woman or being an Asian woman in a comedy circuit or being vegan it's all aspects of me so uh, being vegan also gets spoken about and my journey I suppose not not necessarily my journey but things like um so the big thing always has been not just about vegans about vegetarians what i found other comedians doing is like oh give us a cheer if you're what oh that's the vegans not with no energy that's been the thing on the circuit for a long time it's not there now but um what i love to do is um when i'm starting a full show is if i get a cheer from people and talking about who's vegan in the room and then you just go oh look it's all the energy from that little group over there who are vegan so I've like flipped that bit around which I feel happy about maybe not maybe not a joke but it's taken me years to even get to that point because I'm very slow when it comes to writing jokes (laughs) it takes me years to work one out and I'm like yes I nailed it yes I've got one (laughs) but um yeah, I love talking about being vegan because I, I just think, um, you know, even even when you have like some moments when you're doubtful about being vegan, you have wonderful celebrities that just inspire you and reaffirm that being vegan is, is the best choice. And by celebrities, I mean people like um, Pierce Morgan, absolutely <laughs> hate non-vegans. I was thinking, oh, she's going to listen. She's going to list some brilliant vegan celebrities now that I might not know about. And no, I see what you're doing there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, so, I mean, it's interesting you mentioned Piers Morgan because I think sometimes it's like he gives so much material, doesn't he, by his complete ridiculousness, you know? How, how angry he got about the Greg's sausage roll. I, I know so disproportionate it just absolutely and it and it gave such yeah. um such good press to the vegan, well, the Greg Sutherland yeah. role. I think like he um he knows what he's doing in that he he's not that angry about a vegan sausage roll of course he isn't but uh it, he it, for him it has he, he has to be spoken about so he'll do things that get him spoken about he doesn't really care or think about the implications which is what makes him so hateful not necessarily what he says but the fact that he doesn't care about what it'll do and he um by doing that yeah he's just sort of like riled up a load of people that don't like vegans uh and made everybody that is vegan laugh at him so it's like but he got what he wanted which was to be uh the center of attention Mm. and and what about you uh chris i mean how do you use veganism in your comedy uh, it has changed. It used to be more of a statement because it felt like I was in a better position to make the statement. And whereas now where, you know, uh, it used to, it used to be sort of like, oh my God, there's a vegan in the wild. Whereas now, uh, because it's sort of like part of more part of everyday life, like a vegan can go anywhere and eat something. 
Mm. It's not, which never used to be the case. Whereas Except now... Northern France, by the way, where I've just come back from holiday. <laughs> it's like the only place in the world you can't go and eat anything unless you just want salad. But yeah. yes. <laughs> um, but now it's when I do mention it, it's more just sort of like in passing because it, it is part of my life. So if it comes up, it comes up. But it's it's never really like sit down and let me tell you about veganism anymore it used to be whereas now it's very much like oh you know so by the way i am uh if 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 necessary sometimes it doesn't come up at gigs at all because like i think while it is a big part of all of our lives i don't, I don't think i don't think i certainly don't define myself as it because there's so many other parts of me so mm. you know one 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 day yes maybe if I go to a wedding and it's particularly badly catered for, then yeah, oh God, I'm vegan. But <laughs> if I'm stuck in a traffic jam, I'm just I'm just angry. It's nothing to do with being vegan. So it's like there's loads of different parts of who we are. But, but, do, but don't you think you're angry because you're hangry because you're not getting enough protein? Ah, yeah, yeah. And um, I shouldn't I shouldn't be wasting what little energy I've got. Yes, exactly. On, uh, yeah, getting angry. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested to know um, in the sort of work that you've done, you've 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 had these um, short films commissioned for BBC Three, and one was on veganism. Tell tell us a bit about that. Was it funny? Uh, Is it a funny film? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I thought it was, um, and uh, so did a lot of many other people. But th- what's what's interesting about this is that it be- quickly became, I because th- uh, that initial one wasn't ones. Uh, so I have subsequently done more, but it was off the back of this one. This first one was part of a, a BBC Three series called uh, Life Lessons. And it was different comedians doing short films uh, about a certain topic. Uh, I pitched a few, but the vegan one was the one they wanted, presumably because it was a, a topic. Um, and probably because no one else was doing it. Yeah. Uh, actually, weirdly, they they then did, the, there was another one. Uh, I think not long afterwards that they did that was another vegan one. But anyway, that's that's. Uh, but the, yeah, the one I did was uh, I believe quite popular in that series of life lessons, but not because it was what people thought was the funniest, but because it was released online, it generated the most uh, <laughs> discourse because it had a lot of people like that hated on vegans. It didn't just go out to a vegan audience. It didn't pick and choose so while there was a lot of people that liked it there was a lot there was equally as many people that it enraged um for no real reason because the, the the sketch didn't actually take the mickey out of meat eaters it was it was it was a story of a vegan meat going around for dinner to his new girlfriend's parents for the first time and the awkwardness of that yeah had nothing really to do with like meat eaters are wrong veganism yeah. is right it did poke fun at the stupid questions that we get asked but it wasn't really. It was all like lighthearted, and I don't. I. I. It wasn't written as judgy anyway. So, well, it sounds very situational. You know, it sounds like like you say the stupid questions we mm. get asked. They are real. Um, I somebody uh, talking of being in France, where I have just been. Somebody asked me if I was able to use any flavors in my cooking. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I got asked if I could sleep on carpet oh. once. <laughs> But why? <laughs> why well, I because the, presumably they assumed that sort of like if you have to sleep on the floor, can you sleep on carpet? It's like I, I can walk on it. Yeah. Why would and, you think I could sleep? It's, and I'm not planning on sleeping on the floor. Yeah, but, it's yeah. like ridiculous. Yeah. Um, 
so but it's interesting isn't it though because you know you're saying you get a lot of uh, you know attention and uh from the, the the vegan haters i just think there's so many things everything's so divisive now isn't it you know it's very difficult to make anything that and i'm sure you get the same um issue in not just with the veganism but the other kind of you know comedy you know the identity comedy it, it's very difficult to to put your head above the parapet with almost anything without it there just being this gulf where you're in this side or that side is you know it's almost like we've done away with oh yeah that's interesting I can sort of see both sides of that <laughs> it's like that seems to have disappeared uh, what has also disappeared is people saying that was all right people yes, either yeah. have to think it's yeah. uh, it has to either be brilliant or the worst thing you've ever seen if you're mildly disappointed by a film it or it's the worst thing I've ever seen and it's like yeah. no it was fine it was all right <laughs> yeah. like no one could just say yeah it was okay and and it and you know, it does sort of worryingly bode badly for something like veganism, which we as a planet, if nothing else, all need to start moving more towards. And when you've got this great divisiveness, it's very difficult. And hopefully comedy can, you know, can start to bridge that gap. Do you think that's possible, Ishi? So I think uh, you're right. It, it has become very divisive, very polarised, isn't it? It's it's like Chris was saying, it's both extremes. It's yes or no. There's no middle ground or no discussion or I don't like the word tolerance, really. Tolerance to me suggests you're being tortured and you've just got to put <laughs> up with it. It doesn't, it doesn't work for me. But I think... Um, I think comedy can bridge that gap, but I'm I'm very much like Chris. I don't. I've never gone in and said, "Let me tell you about veganism." It's uh, you know, it's just part of who I am. So I speak about it, and um, like the other the the other aspects of it, and yeah, people have their own beliefs, and I always follow. Like my first ever yoga teacher said something to me um, after one class and I was just asking her if she was vegetarian, what her diet was. And she says, do you know what? I never tell somebody who comes to my yoga class to stop smoking, to stop drinking, to stop doing anything because the yoga works on the inside and then people just let go of what is not appropriate for them or doesn't feel right for their body. And that's very much the journey I've taken. So I, I don't really subscribe to the idea of uh, telling somebody to stop doing something because that's their journey. And everyone's at the right point in their life to listen. And when they are, then they'll ask you more about it, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the meantime, you know, you've got, <laughs> I remember like a family dinner, you were talking about like meeting your um, girlfriend's parents and there was a family dinner, they were all having takeout and, and they were like, oh, we're going to order this, we're going to order this. And what, what are you going to have? I said, well, um, I don't eat, I don't eat dead animals. I'm vegan. Oh, right. Okay. So what are you going to have? I said, I don't have gluten. Oh, so what are you going to have? I said, I'll tell you what I will have is fresh air. I'll have fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> that was, you know, and that's that made them all laugh. And I'm, and I'm happy with that. I don't like go somewhere and go oh why isn't there a vegan thing on the menu because i'm quite happy with the cucumber if i'm honest (laughs) 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 so yeah i think it's about you feeling lighter in life really about where you're at i think it's also i think 
you know, again, talking about things being polarized, I think one thing that the internet has really, really, really shown us is people hate being told what to do. <laughs> You know, I think we knew that anyway, but the internet has given people an opportunity to tell you how much they hate being told what to do. So if you say to people, you should give up meat, it's like it's going to have the opposite effect. Yeah, well, you're not absolutely. Their journey. You know, you're not understanding their journey at all by just going in and saying, it's preachy, isn't it? It's preachy. Mm. And if we then take ourselves back to a point when we weren't in that space and somebody came and was preaching yeah. to us, how would we have reacted? Hmm. very well I don't think there um I sort of I a bit a bit like you uh, Ishi I don't really have a date for becoming vegan because I was vegetarian for like 20 30 years and then I um stopped eating dairy and then one day I stopped eating eggs and I don't know when that was but somewhere around the beginning of that time maybe 2015 2016 um so not long after that the film Carnage came out but it was really funny when I saw it and really oh, right. clever and really, oh, no, I really loved it. I loved it. I thought it was really clever, really was... funny, really well written, really thought provoking. And I thought it, I thought it, you know, it's just personal opinion. I thought it trod that line of mockery, but yet making you go, it's the kind of mockery where you go, yeah. God, it's true. Like, I, like, as a, if I had been a meat eater or, or, you know, just a vegetarian at that point, I probably would have been like, Oh God, like, so without preaching, it's kind of, anyway, when I saw that, I remember thinking this is, oh, this is laying a path for there to be more entertainment Yeah, that is doing a useful tool that is kind of holding a mirror up, but without being preachy. And, but then the, I didn't feel like there was anything else after that, but you know, so I, I'm just curious to know why there isn't more stuff that kind of does a job whilst being funny. Um, I think it depends on the on the issue because I think there are things like that, but when it pertains to veganism, probably not, because at the moment the general perception is is that we'll cater for vegans. They can, and it is good for business in some 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 areas. Mm. People have people, restaurants have cottoned on that if they have more people that they can cater for, they'll make more money. Um, uh, but the the funny side of veganism isn't there yet in the general perception it's not it's not like we i think while there's a bit more acceptance uh there's still not a kind of they, they uh they're not invited to find it funny yet we're still seen as quite po-faced and very serious and like you know you want to save the planet and save the animals and uh it, it's not it's not seen as all that fun because like you said earlier Rachel it's still seen as this sort of thing where you have to give a load of things mm. up um and the one thing we hear most I would say when you're talking to somebody who isn't vegan is I couldn't live without cheese I couldn't mm. live without bacon I just couldn't mm. I just couldn't live without it yeah no you're, you're right you're right um so so you know how do we um, if at all, I mean, maybe we don't need to, but how do you, so, so it, it's interesting what you're saying, you know, we're not there yet with veganism because it's still about giving stuff up. And then I'm just thinking about, you know, the film, um, don't look up, which, you know, took yeah. this, this fake sort of asteroid catastrophe, um, and actually, you know, was a great metaphor for, you know, the, the climate crisis and how people are approaching it. And, you know, I thought it was a very, I enjoyed that as well. It's a very good film. Yes, um, I, and and it did all of that stuff. It did all that sort of fun poking, but whilst going, oh God, this is so horribly true. Do you think, 
it, that, that veganism, again, that, you know, the environment as a whole, we can do that with, but veganism is still too kind of personal choice, still too uh, preachy, you know, in other people's opinions. I think it's definitely more uh, specific than just the climate crisis, because the climate crisis is linked to the future of the planet. And we know that veganism plays a part in that, but veganism is still seen as a sort of like subsection of, uh, some people see still see it as like, you know, a, a lifestyle or a diet or something. Mm. And when it comes to what you personally eat three times a day, uh, you, people aren't going to um, see that as a general thing. They're going to see that as a specific thing to them. Um, but it's uh, it's interesting that you said about don't look up because I, I, I don't think that there will be a, uh, a film or piece of work like that about veganism for quite a long time, if at all, because for that, for that reason, I think it's, um, uh, meal, meal times are, while they're quite social, they're still quite insular. Like it's a family mm. group or group of friends or yeah, you eat alone. So. Interesting. And Ishi, I'm interested with you because you deal with a lot of, like you said, you, your comedy is about you and all the, all the aspects of you and all the things. And, you know, some of those are also potentially contentious, um, I mean, they shouldn't be, but like you said, being a woman, being Asian, do you find, um, are there, is veganism a harder line to cross or people accept jokes or comments and observations on certain things? And then is veganism harder than some of those? Or is that, that not, a, not a question you can answer? No, I, I don't think veganism is harder. I think um, possibly being a Muslim migrant woman <laughs> is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i i guess i've been used to a lot of, um, yeah it's tough isn't it it's <laughs> a tough I, place to be right now I just like the idea of somebody say to you oh my god you're vegan that must be so difficult and then you're like well sit down a minute cause... Yeah. <laughs> it's like i've got a pie chart here or maybe it's a venn diagram i don't know like, <laughs> all these things come yeah yeah it's a tough world, isn't it? You know, going back to that polarisation as well, you know. Poof. I mean, you know, that, that's one of the things that I do talk about in my comedy and I say, you know, I, I went vegan because it just wasn't enough to be a woman. <laughs> it just wasn't enough. So it's yeah. And, and so I, I suppose, you know, that brings us back around to laughing at these things. It is a difficult, you know, it, it can be a difficult subject can't it I, I make a podcast about menopause and you know women, menopause and women have been the butt of jokes for so long and still are and also obviously it's a serious topic you know to do with people's health and and I make that funny and I put like funny little skits in it and I always worry that people are going to be like oh you can't be laughing at menopause I'm, I'm having serious hot flushes which you know is is true but it is it, you know it is a hard a, a, a difficult line to tread isn't it making jokes about um, something that is important to you yeah but it is a release of tension which is why i think it kind of works as a, a an education tool not a conversion tool because it's like Ishi said <laughs> you can't go on you can't go on stage and like i'm going to make all of these people vegan but what you can do is you can maybe change their mind about veganism as a subject uh, and then you know hopefully that will do some good going forward but if you if you make a joke that someone laughs at. Sometimes it can be despite themselves. It's sort of like if you ever hear a, a, a one of those shock comedians or extreme comedians say that they enjoy saying something outrageous 
and having the audience laugh at it and then realize what they've laughed at that while uh, my own personal opinions on like offensive comedy notwithstanding it, you can you can translate that over to the stuff that we do if we make a joke about veganism and the audience laughs in amongst those there will be somebody who was quite ignorant about veganism and then by laughing at it they go oh i didn't oh i like this guy though or i i i like this i like this woman though and i didn't realize and I, normally they would have taken against veganism as like you know their personality but if you make them laugh then they're like oh we're you know we've been surprised now that's an interesting point um and only just made me realize that you probably don't see yourselves as this but you know do you see yourselves as kind of envoys for veganism you know if you're if you're funny everyone likes nice funny people right you know you're nice you're funny you're warm everyone's smiling you know do you think yeah. that is you know an opportunity it, just to do that job i think it's quite a lofty term but it's not a million miles away because sometimes like so uh isha you've done vegan festivals haven't you yeah, yeah, which is uh, a little bit like preaching to the choir. And there are certain jokes that I will do at a vegan festival that I won't do anywhere else because a lot of it is specifically about veganism that is, that, like, it's a shorthand that all vegans have. So it's, Yeah, you have you know, to be in there to be yeah. knowing that. But there's a lot of stuff I do at vegan festivals that I do at regular gigs as well because uh, it, it still works in front of a non-vegan audience. And when that kind of stuff goes down incredibly well at for lack of a better term civilian gig then it's <laughs> like it, it it does make you it does make you sometimes think like yeah that was a good gig they laughed job done that's the most important bit but then underneath it you do kind of think oh well hopefully actually i've maybe sort of changed a few minds about veganism with my silly joke about unicorns you know so <laughs> it's like it's not a case of like, I don't, I don't walk around considering myself a vegan ambassador, but sometimes that thought creeps in afterwards. That's why I keep doing vegan material at gigs, I think, probably because because I could, I could stop doing it. But like I said earlier, it's actually just part of who I am, so it will come out. Um, and then when it works, it makes me happier than when the other stuff works. I'm happy when the other stuff works, but there's a little extra frisk on when the vegan stuff works. I like that idea, and 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 what about you, uh, Ishi? Do you do you see yourself as a bit of a an ambassador for it? And 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 it also is the is the reception to stuff about veganism changing? Is are people getting more accepting of it? Yeah, people are more accepting. Although they all, I, I don't know. It's it's hard to to put a thing and say they see you as a, a tofu eater or or whatever it is. I think where being a vegan ambassador is concerned, my my big thing was um, early days in the circuit was seeing other comedians going, oh, the vegetarians, the vegans don't have any energy, and that was my my big what. I don't know who you're talking to because you know yeah um so that for me is is a big way in all the work i do so i do laughter therapy workshops in communities as well with elderly with kids with everybody and one of the things that people keep coming back to me and saying is you've got a lot of energy and then they want to know where that energy comes from um and and even when you're in studios like you know you'll know this um chris like when you're doing work with the bbc you find the staff are just like 
you've got a lot of energy. And I went, what did you have for breakfast? And they want to do like a sound test. And when you tell Yeah, them, they always ask you what you have for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> and when I go, oh, I had a cucumber. Did you, is that all you've had? I said, yeah. You know, it's and, the, and then they want to know. And without saying <laughs> that actually you haven't had bacon and eggs for breakfast. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And you're just being you. So I think as far as being an ambassador is concerned, we, we are being us, which is naturally yeah. stereotypes down, you know, and whether that's a stereotype of what a Muslim woman should look like or what a vegan should look like. I probably fall into all the stereotypes of vegans, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I don't care. <laughs> that's, that's just who I am. So, yeah, there, there are people who will be inspired by your energy levels and there's no drug taking involved. It's just water and cucumbers and, and that's great. I'm How many cucumbers do you eat a day, is she, by the way? I'm feeling oh like you're goodness. getting through a lot I of cucumbers. at least one. I really? I have at least one, yeah. And I go to Lidl for their organic cucumbers and it's like, when I last mentioned this on a podcast little sold out so wow. <laughs> you're like you're like what Delia like Smith cucumbers. was too I don't know what she sold out but you're selling the cucumbers out I love it I love it um it's been a fascinating chat and I could I could c- continue because this is a, you know a really interesting area that I suppose you know comedy kind of just mimics life generally doesn't it so it's it, it's fascinating it's endless I will end though by asking you and I realize this is a horrible thing to ask a comedian to tell a joke out of context you know it's like saying to a swimmer on dry land show me your butterfly stroke you know it doesn't probably work um but um you know give me a flavor of what a good kind of vegan joke might be chris i'm going to start with you uh, i don't really know because my I, I don't i don't tell jokes so i know um, like most comedians don't so when you say awesome yeah but i feel like i feel like not that you haven't both been funny already but i feel like as this is about comedy we need to end no well, pressure but we need to end this episode okay with something okay. funny all right all right all right well then uh <laughs> this is uh, uh uh i tell this i tell this at regular gigs and it goes just as well as other stuff and in it is in a nutshell i think the perception nutshell, from the like outside of of veganism because are you both aware of the fat gay vegan? No. So uh, there's a man called Sean, right? And he has a blog called The Fat Gay Vegan. He's been going for a long time and he does a great job of uh, being that vegan ambassador as well as pointing out where vegans can go and eat. It's very, very, very good. And I have um, corresponded with him online several times, uh, but I'd never met him. And then one time, I uh, saw him at Shepherd's Bush Station and I, uh, I went over to him to say hello. And at that point, I didn't know his name. So I went, oh, you're and then realized that I had to go, you're the fat gay vegan. And it wasn't <laughs> wasn't wasn't him, wasn't him. Um, but, the, but the guy got progressively more annoyed with each word like fat. He was fine with gay. He was on the fence, but vegan. He was furious. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Have you ever now met the fat gay vegan? No, still not. Still not. <laughs> but uh, uh, I do. Th- I do. Th- I do think that uh, somebody has told him about that bit of stand up that I do. Yeah. So yeah. yeah nice. Uh, and what about you, Ishi? 
firstly, a plea to the fat gay vegan. Please get in touch with Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to to meet to to put that Shepherd's Bush Station incident. Yeah, the uh, yeah the uh, <laughs> the yeah the photo opportunity I will cherish. Yeah, <laughs> a joke. But I guess I've already told one, haven't I? Which is like it just wasn't enough to be a Muslim yeah. ethnic yeah. woman, and I had to go vegan as well. And there you I, go. I not be gluten free and sugar free because. <laughs> You know, that's the, the poshest way I know to ask for a dal curry at a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna take um I think I'm gonna take a leaf out of your book, Ishi, and carry dandelions around with me to eat. Because if ever I think I make a <laughs> if I ever make a salient point about veganism or somebody says something disparaging about me being a vegan, I can do a little rejoinder and then take a dandelion out and start eating. <laughs> Stop it. munching on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely making the honey though. I'm definitely making dandelion honey. Good, yeah. good. I can recommend it. Um, well, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much to our wonderful guests, Chris and Ishi, for joining us on this month's episode. It's definitely been a fun one. Where can listeners hear or see more of your comedy, Chris? Uh, so uh, I do a podcast with two other comedians, Suze Kepner and Masood Milas. It's called Mystery on the Rocks. Every week we take a real life unsolved mystery, either a crime or a weird supernaturally X-File thing. And we discuss it and try and solve it over cocktails. And I attempt to veganize a lot of existing classic cocktails that might use egg whites or honey or other things yeah. like that dandelion um, honey here we come yeah exactly <laughs> so that's uh, uh, uh that's called mystery on the rocks you can find us wherever you get podcasts i'm on youtube as well my channel name is chris stokes a nerd reborn or you can find me on twitter at oh, it's called x now isn't it yeah actually don't bother it's it's not going to see the end of the year that platform so let's uh, just stick to stick to youtube brilliant thank you chris what about you ishi oh yeah you can find me on instagram um on facebook on uh, youtube as at ishi too funny it's the number two and it's all one word ishi too funny lovely stuff thank you both it's been really good fun yeah thanks Rachel you're welcome thank you both it's been lovely as always we'd love to hear from you do you have a favorite vegan joke Uh, do you think comedy can be used as an effective form of activism or perhaps you think the topic should be left out of comedy altogether let us know your thoughts you can email us podcast at vegansociety.com or you can find us on twitter slash x uh, at vegan society for the time being yeah for the time being for now limited edition maybe Um, instagram at the original vegan society or we're on facebook and we'll be back with another episode of the vegan pod next month so if you've enjoyed the discussion today don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode bye